Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 97 of Steve AGA with my guest, Steven Weber. Um, we did this one live at the Starburns Castle last week, and uh, I think it turned out really great. Steven was awesome. Uh, so Steven, if you're listening to this, thank you for doing it, and thank you for listening. I have a few plugs to do really quick. Uh, tomorrow night... Yes, tomorrow night, Wednesday the 23rd, I will be doing another live... Steve A.G. Uh, this will be episode 98 with my guest Brendan Small from Metalocalypse and Home Movies. Um, we're going to be at a hamburger place called Grill em All in Alhambra, which is uh, kind of near Pasadena. So if you're in the L.A. area and you want to come out, come to Grill em All. They make amazing burgers. And we're doing a special... Um, well, it's a special uh because it's live, but also Brendan uh, is dropping his Galacticon album on Friday. So um, if you're around and want to come to that, you should check it out. And uh, if not, you'll be able to hear it next week. Then again, on Friday, the 25th at 10.30 p.m., Brendan and I will be doing our show Baked at the Hollywood Improv at 10.30. That's uh, going to be a special one because it's Brendan's album release party and we've got scott ian from anthrax joining us on stage and uh tom lennon and uh some other special guests so you should come to that if you're in la you can go to hollywood improv um dot com or improv.com slash jesus christ just uh google hollywood improv and you can find tickets on <laughs> online that's uh friday the 25th 10 30 p.m baked with myself and Brendan Small. So that's it for now. Um, let's get into the episode. Thank you for listening. And Stephen, thank you for doing this. Hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Steve Agee and Stephen Weber. Thank you, and you, and you, and you, and you. I'm going to make this as awkward as I can. Um, no, this is an audio podcast, so I would be doing this regardless in a studio with nobody. Steven, do you recognize this? I do, Steve. Do you remember that day? I do. I'm still... Uh, For the people listening, there is... Uh, hi. Hi, everybody. There's been a video playing in here for like half an hour. Uh, it's a loop of you from Dracula. Dead and loving it. Dead and loving it. Driving a stake into somebody. One of uh, 
One of Mel Brooks's lesser, though still memorable and watched films. Good movie. Not really a good movie, but uh, a movie, a Mel Brooks movie. He directed it. He did. He directed it. What year? 95. How was it working with him? <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, it was great. I mean, he was great. Mel Brooks, uh, are inarguably the funniest man in the 20th century. And yeah. um, I grew up on his recordings and all that stuff. And so it was really a privilege to work with him. And when you work with your heroes, you see them be heroic. And also you see them be human. He could scream at people. He could. Really? Yeah, sure. Did he ever scream at you? He never screamed at me because I was. He'd scream I at grips or PAs. He'd scream at grips. Uh, but but everybody dug it, you know. Everybody, yeah. He was fine. He was passionate. He's a filmmaker. Did you audition for it? I did. I How did. was that? You know, I'm drinking Coca Cola and I'm been I'm like I have a belch over here. I do too. And it's uh, and now I we I both now it's started late. chugging that's Coke. Just, that's just dissipated <laughs> into my bloodstream. <laughs> oh yeah, church. Church loves this thing that I do. Church, who's the house photographer here at Starburns. Uh, her boyfriend, Jeff Davis, who you may know from Harmontown, um, uh-huh. was once telling me we were at a show, another show somewhere. He goes, um, I was I burped and I said a word. I don't remember what the word was. He said porch in porch. a burp. Jeff Davis porch. burped and said porch. porch. And he said she laughed really hard. And I go, oh, dude, I do that all the time. I burp all the time. And I burped the word sparrow in front of him. <laughs> really loud and horrific. And I've never seen... I've known Jeff for 20 Look, years. hysterical. I've, I've known Jeff for almost 20 years. And I've never seen him laugh as hard as when I burped the word porch. Or, church, or uh, Sparrow. And so they've been trying for two months now to get me to send them videos of me burping words. Uh-huh. And I've done it twice. And they're like, send us more. And I realized it was because they want to start an Instagram account. Basically of me just burping words. <laughs> Which sounded really funny at first, but I'm like, oh, I'm single. I'm never going to get a girlfriend if that exists. Well, look, you did a whole series of, was it uh, Instagram or tweets of you uh, of you being frozen in your car? Yeah, dead. While dead in your car while traffic went behind you. You did dozens yeah. of those. But that's not disgusting. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, uh, and that, that, that didn't get you a companion either? No. Dead in your car? But it wouldn't have driven away a com- possible companion either. Why don't you combine the death and the, uh, you know, Perfect. the gas coming out? Because they do. <laughs> Dead people, right? The gases uh, leave their bodies. Have you ever done that, burped a word? I could never. I mean, uh, I, I was never good in that area. I went to sleepaway camp when I was a kid, and uh, I was about 12. And there was a kid who could belch, Mama ku, Mama sa, Maku, Maku sa. And Whoa, would, what? How? how you know, what? And he, would, he would take it in, he would go... Yeah, you know, and then and we were convulsed. It is funny, but it's funny. But why do babies? Okay, why do infants, or you know, I want to say like six weeks old or a couple months old? Why do they instantly laugh if you go? Like, what is it genetically? It's a fun. Yeah, I wanted. I the other day was trigger. Like what? Like. As you know, when babies do this, they grip something. That means they're gonna. Maybe they were falling from the tree. 
millennia ago, right? I okay. wish farts weren't funny, but they are. And I want to know when the, the first person laughed at a fart was. It was probably cavemen. Probably. Why is that funny? Well, look, Steve. It is funny. I admit it's funny. I wish it wasn't. You know, we've got a full house here. And I don't want to waste uh, all this great We're material. We're going to keep going until every single person in this room has Leaves. burped a word. Burped a word. Uh, I should say... Do you have a burp in you right now? I should say how we met. Okay. We've met twice. Video, uh, uh, social networking is where we really met. Right. Through a YouTube group called the Sad, Sad Conversation. Right. The Sad, Sad Conversation was started by Michael Ian Black and Josh Molina. Josh from West Wing and Michael Ian Black from the state and Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, and they started corresponding on YouTube. They would send each other videos. Yeah. Just video. They were vlogging to each other about how shitty their careers were going. Right. Michael was on tour doing stand-up to support himself. And so he started doing it from hotel rooms to Josh. And then Josh would complain about not working at the moment. And then I got in on it. And then you got in on it. And so it was a bunch of like... Uh, Artists, yeah. uh, musicians, writers. Lin-Manuel Miranda was yeah. on there complaining. <laughs> That's right, complaining. He's got a great career That's now. Right. Um, Sam Levine. But, um, but they, and if, it was like a video diary. And uh, and they ran anywhere from a 30 seconds to like five 14 or six minutes. minutes. Yeah. I mean, like, some were long. Lin-Manuel and I did one when he was in L.A. of us walking around in the Bonaventure Hotel. And yeah. it's like 20 minutes long. Yeah. And these are all on YouTube. The The username for the group was Sad Sad Conversation. You can, and it's all one word. You can go in there. We we were in there today. I, I think we actually have one to show. Do you remember Sarah Thayer showed us a way? Speaking of burping words, I, I think I was talking about how this is me in my apartment. I, I was talking about how sometimes when I sneeze, I yell like <laughs> It feels good to just fully release and yell when you sneeze. Yeah. And so Sarah Thayer showed us a video. Who is hilarious. Sarah Thayer, you know, from Strangers with Candy. She's married to Andy Richter. She goes, I know a way. Andy Richter's married to her. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, She goes, I know a way that you can make yourself sneeze. It works 100% of the time. You roll up a piece of paper and stick it as far up your oh, nose yeah. as you can. Oh, okay. And so we have a video. This is for the listeners. This is for the viewers. You'll be able to hear me do my sneeze yell, but uh, it's a minute long and I, I will uh, narrate it for the people at home. I am rolling up a piece of tissue paper. I'm high, I, I'm most likely high in this picture too. I look like I'm so stoned. I could smell your T-shirt from from just watching it. <laughs> go to the you know, sad like go to sad sad conversation. <laughs> and now I'm driving this slender rolled up piece of tissue paper up my nose to my brain, <laughs> and I'm about to sneeze so incredibly hard. Look at him. We're almost there, folks. This and was, you know I, how big Steve is in real life, so that's actually, that's not a tissue, that's like a paper towel. That's a bounty, it okay, might actually that's, that's be a, a... That's two sheets. Here we go. It might be a bounty paper towel. Look Steve. how high I am. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I am so high. Okay, so we have one of your replies. Everyone did it, by the way, in this group. I don't group. think I did it. Here, here's Steven's. I, I, did I do it? Stevens, you didn't. You did a version of it, which is really funny. 
Uh, we were younger in those days, weren't we? Steven, I'm assuming not. This is 2011. Ugh. You have to be really quiet for his sneeze. Achoo. That was it. He just whispered, achoo. Achoo. That's how I sneeze. So that was basically, there's 298 of these videos. Um, but it was fun because it was starting to attract a lot of attention. A lot of people started following it. Which, of course, was our, uh, our main thrust. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. it, it was, it was artistic at first and then it was like, shit, let's get, let's get views. Yeah. And so, you know, it was this kind of ad hoc Variety show in a way, yeah, I mean, kind of variety vlog show, and then what happened? It just kind of went away. People started working. People started we working. That's some right. Some of us started where you started. Right. I think I think you started doing a play. I was doing a play, but also people were having. They would have arguments. They would have cross arguments. Yeah. Somebody would piss off somebody in one conversation, and then somebody else would talk about it, and then they started getting. That's heated. right. Yeah. People started people getting were really getting mad. Annoyed. Yeah. Like there was one girl, Jill, who was a writer yeah. at the um, Onion, was one of the people, yeah. and um, yeah, a lot of people started getting really offended by other people. That's probably why it stopped. <sighs> I don't know, Steve. I I don't know. Let's watch all 198. No, I, no Nolan, don't do that. I'm just kidding. Um, then we met. The first time we met in person, do you remember this? Was, was it with this? Oh, okay. It was at Sarah Silverman's okay, yeah, that's apartment. Right. That's right. I was at Sarah Silverman's apartment with a few other people, and we were about to watch Single White Female, which you were the male lead in that movie. Uh, and yeah. I think Sarah tweeted at you or texted you. Well, I, okay. We're going to watch Single White right. Female. Will you come do commentary? Yeah. So I did. And you came over and it was amazing. Well, I don't know about amazing. It was but amazing. It was, it was dude. funny. It was, you know. Well, first of all, I met Sarah Silverman through Twitter, which yeah. is one of the good things about Twitter. Yeah. Which is something that I still consider to be mostly terrible, but I'm on it. But it's, uh, it's meeting really her, terrible right meeting now. Cool people was fun. So anyway, so uh, and yeah, she invited me over to do the kind of the, the commentary. Yeah. And so there were about six people there and I thought it was going to be funny. It's always mildly embarrassing, but uh after a while, the joke got thin. I would say after it about didn't 40 seem minutes. like a joke to me. I was literally like, I love, I love commentary. I will watch commentary on uh, yeah, any but movie. I, but it was, uh, it was embarrassing. In fact, like, today I, while I was driving around, I, I had to go over to Fox for a fitting. So I was in my car for like hours today, and I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast, and I listened to one with Jennifer Jason Lee, ah. who was in Single White Female, right. and she was talking about a movie she did where everything on the set was forced perspective. So like you'd walk up to a chair and it'd be really, really small in real life, but it yeah. didn't look like that way on camera. And then she mentioned in single white female, she goes, if you walk into one of the hallways, it looks super long, but when it's actually like four feet long. That's and right. The same, the same forced perspective when she's giving me the, when she's giving me the fit, the blow job and, uh, <laughs> My penis looks like it's normal size because of the force. I don't remember that. It's really tiny. I <laughs> know. Uh, what, what do you mean you don't remember that? That was that was the that's the that's the scene in the movie where I remember the blowjob scene, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where uh, where uh, she and Bridget Fonda, the great Bridget Fonda, had similar haircuts, and so I come home and I slip into bed thinking it's her, thinking it's Bridget Fonda, yeah. but it's not, and. Uh, crazy and then and then um and then i realized that it's not her while she's in mid love filating yeah that's right she's in mid filate she was i uh, i made love to her mouth 
and uh, and and uh, and so the whole the the crux of the scene was that I was horrified, but I you know I finished you know and so and then and then she kills me yeah. with a heel of of her shoe in my eye. That's right, and it was it was fairly iconic. It's a really good movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. That's um, right. If you have roommate issues, and Bridget Fonda married Danny Elfman and kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm well. I'm in contact with her. You know, are she's, you? Yeah, she's raising the their their parents to their yeah. wonderful child, and they're busy and they're. I kind of respect people who can. Uh, remove themselves from show business because there's a there's a kind of a well, especially when there's an addiction component especially you know? when they've achieved you know a level of success she was great in jackie brown oh god that's right Remember jackie that? brown was, and didn't they just celebrate the 30th or 20th anniversary or something like I that think the 50th anniversary the 50th of jackie anniversary brown. of jackie brown that's terrible <laughs> tarantino directed it when he was two when he was two <laughs> that's right but that was the uh that was the f- First time I, I think I met you in yeah. in person, and then yeah, and then we would see each other once in a while, and it, it's, it's and now we're it's, Instagram friends, and and now we're here in a warehouse in Burbank, um, where it all ends. I have had a lot of a lot of people when I when I said you were doing this were tw- have tweeted at me. You have to ask Stephen about um, The Shining. Okay. First of all, you've worked with Stephen King a yeah, few times, a bunch of times. <laughs> that, by the way, is Nolan. We'll talk about him later. He's he is your biggest fan. Uh, thanks, Nolan. He he. Nolan does a thing on his birthday yeah. called Wings and Wings. Oh wait, somebody tell me about this at at Meltdown. Yeah, we'll do it here now. I just did. I just did a. Uh, I just did something at Meltdown. I did Leonard Malton's podcast. Yeah. and they told me about that. I was very flattered. Jesus. Maybe I'll come and do commentary there too. <laughs> Anybody in the audience want me to come do commentary? I will. Between podcasts. This is what we do now. I just gonna say, like my, my, my father and grandfather were agents of comedians and singers, like in nightclubs in the fifties. Really? Stuff. Yeah. And if you ever seen Broadway Danny Rose, which is a great Woody Allen movie, yeah. they weren't it, they weren't that low rent, but hovering perilously close to that kind of world but Poconos Poconos the Catskills Atlantic City um, nightclubs and and late nights and there's something incredibly romantic and cool about it but also lots of cigarette smoking and boozing and womanizing and you know not great but kind of you know like uh, get on that mic that's right I'm sorry sorry about that <laughs> not used to the podcast world yeah um, and my point that I was laboring Your to make parents was parents representing Oh, Borscht Belt comedians. Borscht Belt. Uh, but what were we talking about before then? I can't. Oh, Leonard Moulton. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that. Wings and and wings. so now eventually, like. You Nolan, know, who's single yeah. white mailing right. you. He's turning <laughs> That's into. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're not sleeping together. Um, and uh, but the thing is that and then those comedians used to do the, the cat skills and did clubs. And then when they got older, they were doing cruises, cruise lines in the 70s and 80s. And it's then still that a thing. It's still a thing. Well, but also now the, the people that did the cruises who were in their 70s then who are still working now do stand up at assisted living facilities. No. Yes, they do. And brother, it's... Have you seen it? I have not. I ran into the son of an agent. Oh, my God. Uh, and I said, what's going on? And how's the business? And he, that's when he informed me that, 
you know, there's like a, there's a whole bandwidth that, you know, everybody's, I guess, in their 30s and on up, I'm 56, that, that we don't know yet, that we don't see, that we'll, we'll, the veil will be lifted when the time comes and we'll the realize. The cruise oh line God. circuit is amazingly packed full of performers. But there's lots of lectures and stuff like that. Lectures yeah. or, or NPR cruises or whatever, old radio cruises, but, but yeah. comics and people still and have musicians. You ever done one? I had a, one of my first musicians, when I, uh, uh, roommates when I moved to LA was a musician and he was a teacher. Like He was an amazing bass player. He had a... a he had, to this day, the most successful bass instructional video, which still, I mean, it probably didn't sell that much, but he's like, uh, it toured with like Chuck Berry and yeah. Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah, yeah. And he would spend like a lot of time on cruise ships. But have you ever done it? I mean, what's the... I, I mean, will never in my life set foot <laughs> on a cruise ship. Uh, for recreation or for work? So for many work. reasons. Uh, not the least of which is I get seasick. And I know yeah. a lot of people are like, the boat's so big, you barely feel it moving. I still know a few people have been like, yeah, I got sick for three days. Oh, my God. I, I can't do that. And also, there are a lot of horror stories from cruise ships of like... Horror <laughs> I know, stories? Horror. Horror. Oh, like honeymoon. You know, a wife will murder her husband and throw him really? overboard. A lot? Yeah. It happens, dude. And there was also, I don't know if you remember, like four or five years ago, there was that ship that just died in the ocean and was <laughs> drifting through the Gulf of Mexico. Does anyone remember that? I don't for remember. like a week, they couldn't get it running. And there were people still on it for a week. The toilet stopped working. And so they say the whole ship smelled like feces <laughs> and people were just sick right. and I don't want to... So like how it used to be in the 1700s or the 1800s. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. People were getting scurvy probably. <laughs> scurvy, arg. So I, I have no desire. I have a lot of friends who do... I've never been on a cruise. I, yeah, do you want to? There's a part of me that, that thinks, you know, take the Queen Mary from New York to London and wear a tuxedo every night. But I also, I fall down those YouTube wormholes of cruise ships getting battered by waves and, and I, there's no way. Thank you. Bingo. Bingo. I mean, the, the one I would consider doing, there's a cruise that goes through, like, it's up in Alaska, and it is in an inlet, you know, where you see glaciers and right. stuff, and it's pretty mellow. Watch the icebergs calving. They Ca calve. Calving, yeah. Calving, that's right. Uh, I would think about doing that, but nothing yeah. on the open sea. Um, How about a submarine? I bet you'd like to go on a submarine, huh? <laughs> no. no. I've been on a submarine. <laughs> that's and a nightmare. I'm six foot six, That's and the whole freaking... I took a tour, and the whole tour I was walking. Was around. it the one in New York City, the one that was moored right next to the uh, Intrepid? It was no, it was the one that's actually by the Queen Mary. Okay, oh uh, the Russian, in Russian Long Beach, yeah. which, by the way, I went to a friend's wedding uh, a year and a half ago. They got married on the Queen Mary, yeah, and I got there early, and I was like walking around taking photos, and I was taking photos of the submarine that's docked there. And some elderly uh, black man comes up and he's standing next to me and he's like, you know, they they locked that thing up. You can't go on it anymore. They don't do tours no more. And I go, why? He goes, it's infested. And I go, holy shit, rats? He goes, raccoons. <laughs> the submarine in the water in Long Beach is infested with raccoons. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And in my head going, this man's out of his mind. Yeah. And as soon as he left, I got out my phone, 
Sure enough, raccoons. they shut it down because raccoons were getting on it. Can't they get them out? <laughs> I mean, flush sure them they out. Could <laughs> light a bunch of newspaper on fire and close everything up. And yeah, they're tiny. I went in one uh, that was moored next to the Intrepid in New York, and uh, horrible. And, and it was de- this one was decommissioned in 1965, and the walls were yellow from the guys who had been smoking on the fucking submarine. Ugh. Smoking! Uh, you know, a horrible, 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 horrible way to see the world, I guess. I can't imagine. Serve your country. I once had to go on a road trip with my dad and his cousin through Texas, and I was like 11 years old. 11 years old, and it was raining the whole time, so we were in this car crossing <laughs> Texas. Yeah, it's like I'm summer. in the back seat. All the windows rolled up because of the the rain and yeah. my my dad's cousin just changed and were you sneeze screaming oh Scream, i was sneezing so nauseous. Wow. Oh, that's so that's so hot that's hot i did that off mic i had to do that off yeah. mic uh god there was something i was gonna say about cruise ships <laughs> do you have cruise ship material do you work no, at, I would no? never know. What, that's the other thing like do you categorize your material like do you write jokes and then put it in a file or no, no. Like they used to? No. No. Um, okay. Never mind. I, uh, forget it. Just forget it. Let's talk about something else. I started smoking weed again. Did you really? I started, ed- <laughs> I started doing edibles. You are? Yeah. Wow. I didn't have you pegged as a pot person. I, I, uh, I mean, I don't smoke. I, I, I can't stand taking anything into my lungs, but... Uh, <laughs> But the the edible thing has been has been life changing. Really? Yeah. I had such a bad experience with edibles. Yeah, I had a bad one. Thanksgiving Day. This was like 1997. <laughs> well, that's they weren't perfected then. No, they were not. And mm. I was living in Oregon, Ashland, Oregon, home uh-huh. of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And um, oh, like I know. Oh yeah, sure. Okay. Well, yeah. you're a theater guy. Yeah, I know, but uh, it's not the. Anywho, okay, whatever. Uh, I couldn't afford to fly down to Southern California for Thanksgiving, and so I just stayed in Ashland. And my girlfriend at the time went down to visit friends in Sacramento, and so I we had some friends that lived in Ashland. Who uh, this guy Tony, who I'm still friends with, he was like worked in the coffee shop, long haired hippie. Everyone in town knew and loved him, and him and his girlfriend would have stragglers over for Thanksgiving. So I go over to his house on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, we're just hanging out in their garage. They have a pool table and like pinball machines, and we're just playing games all day and and drinking and smoking pot, waiting for Thanksgiving. You know, on Thanksgiving, like it takes forever for the turkey to cook, and so we're getting really buzzed because we're all on empty stomachs. No one wants to eat. We just want to dig into that turkey. And so at one point, everyone's in the garage and I get up to go to the bathroom in the house and I'm walking through the house and I am, I'm so drunk and hungry that I have that thing where my hands are shaking because I haven't eaten. Yeah. And I'm walking past the kitchen and I see a platter of cookies on the kitchen table. (laughs) And I mean, a mountain, there was like 50 or more cookies. And I was like, no one's going to notice if I take a cookie. I ate one cookie. I was like... Fuck, that was good. And so I ate another cookie. Oh, God, no. Then I went to the bathroom, uh-huh. came back, and as I was walking through the kitchen, I go, Jesus, it doesn't even look like I put a dent in that. And so I took like three more <laughs> cookies. I ate 
like five or six yeah. cookies. Yeah. And so cut to a half hour later, I'm in the garage. It hasn't hit me yet, but uh, my friend Tony all of a sudden goes, hey, you guys, um, Emily and I were up all night making pot cookies for after dinner. And it was like that scene in Jaws where right. the, the shark right. comes up in the water and it's the dolly zoom on his yeah, face yeah, yeah. as he's realizing right. that there is a shark out there. It's just me realizing that I just ate like five or six pot cookies. And I go, dude, were they sitting on a tray in the kitchen? And he goes, yeah. I go, I just ate like six of those cookies. <laughs> I'm almost crying too. And he goes, uh, he goes, oh, shit, dude. Why the fuck would you do that? I'm like, because I'm hungry and I That's didn't right. know there was weed in them. It's a cookie. His girlfriend is laughing so hard she falls over on the ground. And I go, why are you laughing? And she could barely get the words out. She goes, I had half of one of those cookies two hours ago and I am out of my mind. <laughs> it was one of the worst highs I've ever had in my life. And I was dosed on acid once and had a bad trip. This was worse than that. Uh, I was, you know, later that night, I'm sitting on their couch in their living room. I can think perfectly clearly. Yeah. Like I can form perfect thoughts in my head, uh -huh. but I couldn't speak. But it sounded like what? Oh, I couldn't even do that. Uh -huh. And I couldn't move my arms. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there like in a coma. And she, his, my friend's girlfriend comes up to me and she's like, she could tell I'm really high. And she's like, <laughs> starts talking to me like a baby. She's like, Steve, you want you want some food? And I'm like, just like shake my head because uh, I was still so hungry. Uh, and so she makes a, a tray of food and she brings it over on like one of those TV dinner trays and puts it on my lap and it just sat there because <laughs> I couldn't work a fucking fork <laughs> and I just started bawling. I started crying <laughs> in their living room with a plate of food in front of me. It was the worst night and I ended up like after a couple hours, I was able to stand up and I went for the front door and everyone's like, dude, where are you going? And I was like, I, I, I just had to get out of there. I was yeah. so paranoid. I'm like, I got to go call my parents. It's Thanksgiving. I got to call my parents. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I go to my apartment and I just turn on every single light, Ugh. the TV, because I was so scared. And I eventually fell asleep. And at about four o'clock in the morning, my girlfriend gets home from Sacramento and wakes me up. And she's like, why is everything turned on in the apartment? And I open my eyes and have that moment of like, holy shit, I'm just as high. Oh. And I start bawling again. Oh, no. It was like two or three days of just yeah. feeling out of my head. I, it's uh, look, I, it, it's horrible. The reason why I don't like it is the is the control factor. Yeah, and and I don't buy any any idea or any suggestion that pot would lead to high crime rates or it's just no, of course not nonsense. But um, the the first time I ate something was at uh, again Sarah Silverman's party. Oh man, and uh, which is kind of legendarily a stocked of with these things. And I took a really it was it had to be a, a quarter square inch of what was a red velvet cupcake. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know, I don't do this often. I'm going to do it. You know, and I ate that, and I was on the fucking wall. Yeah. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And and for a good hour and a half, I was just useless. Useless. Yeah. So I don't like that stuff. But um, 
uh, you know, being, you know, I've been, I'm, I'm macheting my way through middle age and Papa, <laughs> Papa needs some medicine. Yeah. Sometimes take the edge off the day. And, uh, the, the endless bottles of rosé were beginning to have a, a bad effect on me. Yeah. Scooping me out from the inside. Scooping. Like, scooping. And, uh, and, uh, and so who I, I think my ex-wife turned me on to these little things and I was like, oh, these are good. These are really good. Yeah. They're nice. And so that's it. A lot. You're not the first person. A lot of people, and I've witnessed a lot of people at Sarah Silverman, once or twice a year, we'll throw a party on the roof of her building. And I've, for the 20 or so years I've known her, I've seen a lot of people have really bad fall off, the, well, fall off the roof. I saw Jack Black once eat a couple cookies there and like lose his fucking mind. It was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Stephen Merchant walked through a Stephen window. Stephen Merchant walked through a window. This is no secret. I saw him talk about it on TV. Oh, listen. But like, he ate weed and didn't know there was weed in it. Okay. Uh, he came into the party. Were you there? Yes. Yeah, I was there And too. I saw him and, you know, I recognized him and I said hello. And, and he said, he said, so what's this party like? And I said, well, watch out for the edibles. Watch out. I said, oh, they're edibles. And next thing I know, smash. He walked through a window of yeah. one of those floor to ceiling yeah, windows. Yeah, because he's, like, he's tall. He's like six eight or something. Like that. Yeah, he's, he's even taller than me. Yeah, and he walked like, through the like, window. He's eight foot He's eight foot three. He's Robert Wadlow, the, human the tallest. Giant. He's the human giant. He, yeah, he walked through that window and yeah. got kind of cut up. But it made such a loud noise too. Oh my god! Yeah. He tells it on when he was on Jimmy Kimmel. He tells that story, not knowing that he was eating weed. But I, th- I think he knew. I feel like all the bowls that were at that party said, "Be careful." Yeah. It's so funny. She labels all the bowls. We, you know, the, there's marijuana in these cookies or these brownies. And she also has signs up all over her parties that say, do not fucking mention your podcast. She doesn't want people asking people to do their podcasts because there's a oh, lot of I celebrities yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, she yeah, doesn't yeah. want people going, yeah. hey, man, we, you want to I have a podcast. She says, absolutely. Do not mention your podcast and podcast. But you can ask them for money, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's encouraged. Or you can ask them to make love to your to their mouth. Can I make love to your mouth, <laughs> Dan Rather? Dan Rather's Dan Rather. Dan Rather. Can I make love to your mouth, party. Dan Rather? Uh, uh, Carol Channing. <laughs> she's uh, she gets there early. Carol Channing. So I don't do edibles. They don't even know who Carol Channing is. Uh, you don't do edibles. You'd go right for the vaping, smoke. smoky, I like smoking. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't I smoked in uh, since like last October. I was on the road shooting some stuff and it wasn't available. And I was like, wow, I feel kind of clear after that month of being gone. And so I just kind of kept it going. And then I was dating a girl who didn't smoke. So I was yeah. like, I just kept not smoking. And then we broke up like a month and a half ago and I smoked for the first time fairly recently. And I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> Were you shooting Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I was not. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> this was uh, dead, this was um, it was a pilot that didn't I, go. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. What are you gonna do? Nothing. I did. Do you do you only do weed? Do you nothing else? Uh, like what, mushrooms. What, what do you got? No mushrooms. Forget it. Did no, you ever no. do them? Hi. Oh, my children aren't listening. Uh, <laughs> what am I kidding myself? They're not. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, love anybody. Uh, they're it's... not listening. <laughs> um, 
in college, I took acid three times, and one was stupendous. Really? And one was not, one was so-so, and one was bad, and that was yeah. it. And I just feel like I've, I've been through so much shit, in the, you know, since those early days, since my late teens and 20s, you know, death and birth and sickness and all this shit that I don't, I don't want it to come back to me in some kind of cool Peter Max yellow submarine yeah. horror, you know, ah! you know, I yeah. don't see some relative decomposed come to life and ask me to go shopping with them or something like that. I don't want that to happen. So I just, I just want to be calm. I don't want to hallucinate. The length of an acid trip is really a bummer. Oh, uh, you know. Mushrooms are great, though. I did mushrooms okay. last weekend yeah. on Joshua Tree. Uh, well, uh, Joshua, well, I guess I could see that. Like, I've never done ecstasy, right? And that's supposed to be cool. But I don't want to do it myself and what, I, like, and masturbate lovingly. You know, <laughs> I, I was, uh, you know, I did ecstasy once, and um, it was maybe the best high I've ever experienced. But it was three days of. Of ecstasy. Me crying. <laughs> Again with because the Because it drained my serotonin. You. Oh. And in fact, the day, <laughs> the day after I did the ecstasy, like the morning uh-huh. after I had done it, I had to go to a family reunion. <laughs> and I am sitting at this huge table with like 20 relatives, most of whom I hadn't seen in like 15 years. And I'm sitting <laughs> right next to my mom. Yeah. And I felt so beat up and like sore and was tired. It, but was it still the, was the drug having an effect or was this the after effect? I think it's the, the after effect. And I, I felt kind of sick and, um, and I'm just sitting and I just felt sad. I mm-hmm. really was just like, wow. And I suffer from depression, but nothing like the way I felt especially the day after and I was sitting there and I couldn't eat and every and it didn't help for some reason that everyone else was really happy mm. for some reason everyone else's joy was making me really bummed out like oh hey how have you been and I was just sitting there staring at, at the table and at one point I just started crying <laughs> in front of everybody and my mom's like what what is going on? Okay, I think this is a, a character that you should write uh, in, in in a skit every week. It's the guy that accidentally gets dosed <laughs> or accidentally eats cookies or is coming down. It's yeah. just like he just can't help it. Everywhere he goes, I was he's just drugged. I, I had to, I was like, I couldn't even think of an excuse. I was just like, I had a really bad night last night. And she's like, why don't you go upstairs and take a nap? How old were you? I was like 30. (laughs) And I go upstairs and take a nap, or maybe like 28 or 29. And um, I go upstairs to take a nap, and I wake up, and it's been like 16 hours. I slept like all through the rest of the day and the night, and (laughs) the reunion was over. That's my dream, like to sleep. It was kind of... It was kind of nice. to sleep, yeah. Do you have trouble sleeping? I don't sleep enough. Like the thing I come with the most is the thing I get the least and uh but actually these edible things are kind of helping a little bit but I yeah. uh, just uh I wish they would have a sleeping camp I wish uh, like uh, I I'd go to you you get there and sleep you go camp? to you have a nap and then you wake up for lunch and then you have a post yeah lunch nap and then you wake up and then you read a book and then you nap and then at night you go <laughs> to sleep yeah. and then I'd do that for like a week yeah I would look like, I, and I, you come back, you lose 30 years of, of aging. I, I, 
Sleep, average night of sleep for me is anywhere from four to six hours. Six hours is good. Oh, six hours. Four is fairly normal for me, and I don't know how I can keep going. But it seems like about once every year and a half to two years, it catches up to me, and I will have a night where I lay down and makes up and like everything. seventeen hours God go by. Damn you! Uh, my sons sleep that you know in the summer. They'll do. 13 hours. I can't. Still not enough. I can't stand It's it. once like every two years. Ah, that's nice. I went and shot a movie in Oklahoma like three years ago, and it was probably around that two-year mark, and uh, I had to like fly into Oklahoma City, uh, w- go right to set, shot for like two hours, mm-hmm. and then I was done, but my flight wasn't until the next day, and it was my friend's movie, so I was like, oh, I'll just go back to the Airbnb I'm in and I'll take a nap. Call me when you're done shooting tonight. We'll go out to a bar or something. I laid down. It was like five, 5 PM and I didn't wake up again until like 10 o'clock the next day. It felt great. Did you, did you shit your bed or something? Like oh that? yeah. Did dude. you make, make a duty in bed? I made a pee pee and a doo doo. Did you make a wee wee and an ah ah? Uh huh. And a vomit and a snot. Really? Yeah. You did, but you didn't go sticky wet. No, no. All right, good. That, <laughs> That's almost never happened. No. No. Pray. Praise God. Praise God. Praise, from praise Jesus. Homo. Jesus. What else can we discuss? So I. This is going really well. I somehow got sidetracked talking about uh, The Shining. Drugs. Oh, The Shining, yeah. <laughs> okay. I've never seen it. Well, I was looking right. for it I'll all week. It. Yeah. I no. couldn't find it. Uh, it they remade My friend the Abed has a copy. They remade The Shining uh, in, uh, I guess, uh, the 90s for ABC when they were still doing miniseries. Yeah. This was over three nights. And the, the uh, I guess the hook was that it was faithful to the Stephen King the book, book uh, whereas the famous Kubrick movie was not. And Kubrick and King... Um, were in conflict, uh, uh, legal Stephen conflict. King hated the Stanley Kubrick, The Shining. He hated it, right? I, I think he. I, I, I can't. I can't say whether he hated it or not, but he certainly didn't like that his original story had been bowdlerized to the point or Kubrickized. I heard he hated it so much and would openly say how much he hated it. But then when he wanted to do the miniseries to make it right, he had to publicly say. That he didn't mind, like he couldn't shit talk it anymore. He couldn't shit talk it. I mean, and yes, legally he was not allowed to shit talk a Kubrick film. And look, arguably, um, it is not. Well, there's no way to argue. I mean, it isn't faithful to the to the uh, King book, and King's audience is so vast that they they wanted something. Yeah, you know. Uh, and so they they made the miniseries and I was cast in the, you know, in the the Jack Nicholson role. And I, I didn't even I didn't even realize that I would be held up in comparison. That shows you how fucking unconscious <laughs> oh, I was, man. you know, oh, man. and I just did it. I mean, in a way, it was fine, you know, and uh, it's a job. It was a job. And Had you worked great. with Stephen King at this point yet? No, no. Um, but he was there at the audition and he was on set all the time. And uh he was fantastic and accessible. He didn't direct it? No, no, no. Um, no. Um, I, for some reason, thought he directed it. No, no, no. No, no. Um, 
oh god uh, my my good friend whose name is escaping me right now uh, it directed um mick garris uh-huh. mick garris who's directed a bunch of stephen king stuff and great movies and is a wonderful writer as well he directed it but uh stephen king was around for it and he was awesome you know look the, the book is about alcoholism it's not about ghosts right and uh and, and i was too young and Again, a little unconscious to really understand. In the movie version, Jack Nicholson is already way into his alcoholism, and he's kind of shitty from the beginning. It's more about Kubrick. It's more about what he did with it, you know, and, and yeah. that and that kind of psychological cinematic path. Uh, whereas, whereas the, the Stephen King book is about the trajectory of an alcoholic, and yeah, uh, it, it, it you can see the metaphor after a while. Um, and look, I, I mean. <laughs> you could contrast and compare with relative ease both <laughs> films uh is the one that i did more faithful to the book absolutely uh there are some strengths to that uh jack nicholson i ain't uh but um, i don't know no, i'm really not uh but um <laughs> but look uh, there were some really good things about it and um and i obviously still want to see it about, well you know, I, mean, I was trying all week to find it i was like fuck it's not on any digital yeah. platform um we get an understanding. It wasn't at Amoeba. It's not an Amoeba. It's it's nowhere. Yeah. My friend Abed has it. He brought one tonight. He's like, I, I want to get no. Stephen to sign this. No, I'm not going to sign it. <laughs> um, but here's but the interesting thing was that Stephen King was around and we shot it at the hotel that was his original inspiration. That's for right, it, the Stanley Hotel in um, Estes Park, Colorado, and it's gorgeous. And is it still there? Goddamn haunted, man. I mean, it, you know, it's eerie, and the the crew had some, the couple of guys had some weird things going on, and they have um, uh, kind of ghost weekends there. And it's, how long did you work? How long was the shoot? We went. Uh, it was over. I want to say over several months. We went back when it was snowing, and then we went back when it was in, in the spring, and it was right. quite beautiful. Um, and. And like I say, he was around, and uh, and I was reading the book as we were going along and taking it seriously. And at, at one point, I read some small um, uh, passage of a couple of sentences that were poetic and interesting. And again, in the context of the guy's alcoholism, and and because mm-hmm. he the, the writing of that book in particular is fantastic. You know, it's it's not as long as it, which is twelve hundred pages, <laughs> right. but it's 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 compact, relatively speaking, but it's it's wonderful, poetic. And uh, the passage was, uh, Medoc, are you here? I'm sleepwalking again, my dear. The vines are moving under the rugs. I read that. I thought, oh, shit, what, what is that? <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, he's here. The living author's here. I'm going to ask him. Right. And I went up to him. You know, and I was really excited because he's like, I don't remember. I I, I asked Hemingway what this is about. I said, Steve, what is this? Medoc, Medoc, are you here? I'm sleepwalking again, my dear. The vines are moving on the rug. And he's like, ah, let me see. Uh, Well, Medoc, uh, that's a wine. I was probably drunk. Uh, (laughs) Sleepwalking. Yeah, I couldn't fucking sleep at all. It was terrible. Uh, Vines under the rugs. Well, I was probably standing on a rug that had a vine pattern on it. Here you go. That was it. And so I was, I was alternately thrilled and disappointed, you know. Don't meet your heroes. Yeah. And don't act, ask them about. Yeah, hey, what does this mean? Nothing. What's like that in the movie Imagine, the documentary with um, John Lennon, right? And this, yeah. 
there's this great sequence where some kid, American, some kind of grungy, homeless kid goes to their estate and meets John Lennon and starts telling him how much his music meant to him. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. and Lennon is listening. And at one point he says, look, I wrote that lyric. Uh, I think I had a good shit that day, he said. A and the kid shit. looks like, is bereft. You know, yeah. he's kind of let down. But, but Lennon says, you know, uh, you're hungry. You want to eat? Isn't that a spot on Lennon? You're hungry. You want to eat? Oh shit! Oh, it's when like that? There, right? Oh my god! Anyway, oh, that. Wow. How about this? Uh, <laughs> uh, would you like an egg? <laughs> All right. It's, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. <laughs> yeah. I my friend Dave um, ran uh, was walking through the streets of New York years ago and ran into Sam Shepard. Oh. And he was, I think, doing one of his plays at the time. Right. And um, was like so starstruck and was like. Mr. Shepard, and he went up to ask him about something in the play, something that he had been wondering. Yeah. And Sam Shepard was like, ah, I don't know. He didn't <laughs> yeah, remember. Yeah, he was I, like, I don't I, remember. I, he, like, uh, he said, do, he's like, just do your best. I, I think that was it. He said something to the effect of, ah, just do your best. Like, he had no, like, insight. Everybody's human, this. you know. Yeah, everybody's human. We're constantly projecting our hopes on these, on these people. Once in a while, they turn out to be pretty cool. Like, I met Obama once I met you did him. yeah and he was everything i hoped he would be during his presidency yeah he Where? was gorgeous okay this, so fucking <laughs> good handsome, looking guy yeah good looking and you know and, and his his suit was natty and he had the perfect kind of quarter inch exposure cuff, of yeah. white cuff and he was absolutely great i met him at yeah. a fundraiser yeah he was nice and i was like a fangirl i was totally Hey, I got totally starstruck and I couldn't do anything. Uh, Sarah had a great joke about meeting uh, Barack Obama at a fundraiser and walking up to him and going, Mr. Obama, I am such a huge fan of yours. I think you're doing such a great job. Please keep it up. Um, it's such an honor to meet you. And Sarah goes, and he said something that I'll never forget. He said, I'm Kanye West. Oh. <laughs> he was it's kidding? a joke. No, oh, it's a that's joke. Hilarious. Like, but like, she really did meet Kanye West. Oh, Kanye West is funny. Uh, he was apparently a huge fan of the Sarah Silverman show. Obama? No, no. Kanye? Kanye West. Oh, yeah. I, I'm confused. <laughs> I was at a birthday party at a at a bar in right. Los Feliz called The Griffin. Were you high? Nope. Okay. Totally. That's strange. Stone cold sober. What? I was at this birthday party. And I was talking to my manager was there, Dave at the time, Dave Becky. And um we were, we were talking and all of a sudden Kanye West walked into the, the bar that we were in mm. and he was carrying a massive bag of Del Taco, <laughs> which is you know, it's like Taco Bell, it's fast food. Huge, like to the point where I was in my head, I was like, I didn't even know they made bags that big for fast food. And he goes by himself up to the bar and he just sits down and he starts eating tacos and burritos by himself and you couldn't help but just stare everyone was just staring and then after a while i just kind of got tired of watching yeah. kanye eat del taco <laughs> and so i'm talking to my manager again and a few minutes later i feel a tap on my shoulder and i turn around it's kanye west and he goes hey man i really like your show and I go, holy shit. I go, thank you. I, at the time, was not super aware of his music. Like, I wasn't, right. you know, I'm not super into hip-hop. And so, I was trying to think of something to compliment him on. Right. And all I could say was, 
that del taco you were eating earlier looked really delicious. <laughs> and he goes, it was delicious, man. And he goes, he goes, but you know what? I was in the drive-thru, which, and there, del taco is right next door to the Griffin. And, uh, he goes, I was in the drive-thru and, uh, somebody saw me and they ran up to my car and they started taking photos. And then someone saw them and they ran up and started taking photos and it kept happening. He goes, before I could leave, my car was surrounded by people taking photos of me in the Del Taco drive-thru. He goes, I hate it when that happens, man. But what are you going to do? Not get Del Taco? <laughs> wow. And I go, holy shit, yeah, yeah. that's zen-like. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good meeting. That's a good one. Yeah. Because they're, look, everybody's made of meat. You know, all these people who we lionize and we love, they're all going to end up, yeah, you know, tripping over their shoelaces and dying <laughs> i'm so aware of it now too oh brother i couldn't sleep the other night because i thought i was gonna die yeah i kept waking up also granted i had done mushrooms two nights again before. With the, yeah, i'm gonna let's intervene guys. i think i <laughs> this is enough for an intervention i don't do it very often. people the previous time had been like years yeah and uh it takes i'm finding it takes me longer to bounce back i'm like that's a young person's business i think that's right recovery we can we can party but we can't recover yeah and i was i mean one of the last times i had done it was out in jog i only do it like out in the desert um <laughs> and i had gone to a a party a new year's party in joshua tree at my yeah. friend's house and taken some mushrooms and it was amazingly beautiful out and you know it was great music and friends and and but I couldn't find a hotel room. I waited too long to book a room, and so I'm just like at this house. And it gets to be like three in the morning, and I'm not high anymore, and I just want to go to bed. But like, there's nowhere to sleep. And I was planning on sleeping on his couch, but there's still people dancing in the living room who are on who knows what. Yeah. And so finally, I was just like, I'm just gonna go sleep in my car. And it's January and Joshua Tree is like 4,000 feet up. It's high desert. So it was really cold. And I had to do that thing where I'd turn on my car and blast the heat for like yeah. five minutes. It would get really hot. And then I'd turn it off and I'd sleep for like five minutes. And then I'd wake up and be freezing. I kept doing that. Finally, the sun started coming up and I, I just couldn't sleep. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going home. I'm not high anymore. But I was super tired. And I make it all the way home. And I'm like two blocks from my house. And I rear end somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that cool man yeah, that's funny my fault i also one time my friend uh mike chillian was texting me while i was driving yeah. this was like probably t over 10 years ago <laughs> and i am very staunch about i don't check my phone while i'm driving i don't oh, look at it yeah but it kept going off and i was like who the is texting me is it an emergency and so i look and i'm driving and i'm on verdugo right here in burbank and he will not stop texting me and so finally i take my phone and i start writing dude i can't talk i'm I, I go i can't text i'm driving and before i can hit send i rear end somebody we'll be right back <laughs> Uh, Your least favorite word. No, and that was so crazy because we get out and we're exchanging info. The lady was very nice. Yeah. It, it did no damage because we were hardly moving. But um, she's like, well, there's no damage. She's like, that's fine. That's she goes, nice. we should probably exchange info, though. I go, okay. And 
she goes, do you have any anything to write on? And all I had was a headshot, and so I wrote my <laughs> I wrote my name and oh, number and man. email on the back, so good. not on the front, but on the back. And I go, oh. this is really embarrassing. Oh, that's you don't so have to funny. flip this over ever, but uh, it's it's also proof, though, of who I am. I'm not lying to you. Oh God, we'll be right back. <laughs> uh, that's what funny. was your first What was your first job? Your first acting gig? Oh God! You're, so your parents were agents. Were, did they ever represent you? No, I, no, no. My parent, my my father managed comedians and singers in the Borscht Belt. My mother was a um, a nightclub singer in the fifties. Uh, so there was a degree of kind of this romantic um, kind of aesthetic. Uh, Did you know fairly early on that you wanted to act? I guess I would do plays in school and do imitations. You know, this was the 60s. So I was doing Ed Sullivan, imi you know, imitations right. and Groucho Marx and making my father laugh. And he would. Were there other people in the family that were artistic no. in the industry? In just no. your parents? Uh, well, but I wouldn't even say my father was artistic. I mean, uh, it, it was it was a very utilitarian kind of a job that he had, even though he was in charge of talent. Did his he father, represent anyone that we have known? Well, his my grandfather managed Jackie Gleason at, wow. in, in an early part of his career, and then Don Rickles, and wow. then uh, for a while. And then they left my grandfather. My grandfather was this guy who was always very frightening to me. He died when I was uh, probably about eight or nine, but his uh, reputation was that of a, like a tough Jew. Like he was <laughs> born, he was, an, he was an orphan in Harlem at the turn of the 20th century wow. and kind of on the street and, uh, and then fell in with bad guys and then was in the mob and then went to jail and then he became an agent, which is a logical next step, I guess. And then he, your grandfather was in the mob. He was in the Jewish mob and he was he was sent up the river. For, what did he get pinched for? He got pinched uh, for, <laughs> uh, I think, for running drugs or transporting something in the back of his car or something. He took the fall, he took the fall for somebody, and I never forgot he didn't it. Snitch on nobody though. He was not a rat. He did his time. He did his time like a man. He's not a rat. He didn't rat anybody out. I just watched uh, Goodfellas again yeah, for so probably good. the 50th yeah. time. It's so good, man. Uh, people forget that De Niro was, and I try to tell this to my sons who like films, and they're 14 and 16, and they like old films. But Robert De Niro is this kind of like jaunty, bizarro. Yeah. It's heresy, I know. I yeah. mean, I'd, I'd kill to work with him. But people are forgetting that he was the danger. He was the most dangerous thing on screen yeah. in uh mean streets and taxi driver he made people fucking they didn't know what they were looking at he was so real and so intense and fucking unpredictable godfather 2 godfather 2 you know even that but but that he was he was very kind of regal but his early stuff i mean this this early films called there's one called hi mom which i think brian de palma did wow which is this indie bizarre film where he's must be 23 years old and he you know, he's he's skinny and handsome, long hair, and also looks like he'll cut your your <laughs> nose off. Yeah, you know, I'm going to cut your face off, kind of. Yeah, like, uh, he's terrifying. Jack Nicholson, the same thing. Too. Yeah, but Goodfellas. So my my son, uh, who's 14, was watching Goodfellas for the first time, and he dug it. I mean, th th that stuff really works. He's did so you evil. ever see the Roger Corman documentary? I had to have. Yeah, I'm sure I did. I mean, and uh, they interview. Jack Nicholson, who, right. who you never see do interviews, ever. Right, right. TV, nothing. 
He doesn't promote anything, but he did this documentary about Roger yeah. Corman, who basically him gave him a career yeah. in his B movies, like yeah. his shitty B movies. Yeah. Um, and so he's talking about Roger Corman in this documentary and starts crying. Wow. He's full on crying, wow. talking about how he owes everything to Roger Corman. Amazing. You know, it's so funny to watch these actors nowadays because even though they are all legends and have amazing bodies of work, I feel like when they were younger, they were uh, dipping from a well that was more in tune with their environment, with their needs, their base needs. So their performances were lean and hungry and small, you know, and then the more powerful and famous they yeah. got, the more, you know, the, the, the well from which they were dipping was 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 less and less realistic and i feel like their acting became less realistic again heresy i you know i mean maybe i hope i hope bobby deed isn't a listener to this he, I wouldn't is. Surprise. he is i'm sure yeah, he is. yeah he's a knows. huge donator maybe he'll listen to me does he donate <laughs> he was gonna be here tonight was but, he um, what happened i don't know he i don't know so he had a thing he had a thing he went to burger king he went to burger king he went to del taco <laughs> kanye you, said these are great do you do a lot of theater still um, I, I had done, I haven't for the last several years because, uh, I want to be with my family kids. and my kids and, um, do your kids want to go into entertainment? No, nice. No, I, I did my job there, <laughs> uh, but they're gifted musicians and they, they kind of have no fear of standing in front of people and, um, they have a good artistic sensibility. They just don't feel the need to, uh, find uh, gratification and affirmation from strangers in dark uh, rooms. Like it's so here. funny. I, I uh, do you know Richard? You know Richard Kind uh, very well. Very funny uh, character actor. Who you would all know if you saw him. Uh, I did a movie with him once, and what did you do? I did Jeff Garland's movie Dealing with Idiots, which uh, is about okay. parents of little leaguers. Uh -huh. And um, one day he was told, telling me that he had fired his therapist, right? Who he had been seeing for like decades he was like i love this guy he's like i took everything he said to be you know the word of god he's like i did everything this guy said i right. thought he was brilliant and then one day after a session his therapist said hey um i'm thinking about getting my kid into acting what should i do <laughs> and he right. fired his therapist fired for right. saying that's that because right. he goes how smart is this guy if he wants to put his kid <laughs> yeah. into acting yeah he fired a guy who he had been like taking advice yeah. from for decades. Yeah, the funny thing is that acting in and of itself is it can be beautiful. Even the education of an actor can be quite rich. I think if uh, if you take it in it in its in its classical forms, if you study theater, if you study theater history, if you the poetry of it. I mean, there was a time when Shakespeare was required reading i mean uh for uh, uh, probably up until 60 or 70 years ago i right. say um but what's ruined it is the kind of the complete commercialization of it and the you know the ageism and the sexism and all that stuff um and and people wanting to and the be, rhyming the rhyming the endless rhyming <laughs> Have you done Shakespeare? I could never. Yeah. I could never and I honestly would never want to because it terrifies me. You you could and you mm. should and when you do it you'll be like holy shit this is great, you know. I mean there's a reason why it's been around for a long time. I find it super confusing. It is a language that requires effort. I mean, that's the thing. Like any artistic discipline, it requires effort. Uh, a lot of the, I think a main problem that people going into acting 
have is that they use it as a means to become famous. Uh, and indeed, there's so much on TV uh, or in the media now that indicates that it's fairly easy. Any schmuck can be can turn a camera on themselves yeah. and do some sort of reality thing and still look, I mean, it still has some merit, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, there's a reason why, uh, theater is hard because it is because it requires something other than just showing up and just kind of laughing and doing outtakes and fucking up. It requires yeah. discipline. And in that discipline, I mean, I sound like a snob, but in that discipline, there's great beauty. I mean, it's, it's a great thing. Jennifer Jason Lee in that, Marin podcast I was listening to was talking about she took her son seven years old to see uh, they were doing Shakespeare at the actors gang here and yeah. they do it for kids yeah so they do it in a version that's easier to understand yeah and Mark was asking her if she would ever do Shakespeare she was the same way she's like I would never even want to try it but she was saying you know a lot of times you see it and it's very confusing she's like but if you see with like a really good actor oh. someone like you know like Ian McKellen when it, it fucking works. makes sense. When it works, it's unbelievable. Frequently, it doesn't because it's hard. Yeah. Like, what can I tell you? It's difficult to do. What do you want me to say, Steve? Please. I want you to talk shit about Shakespeare. Uh, he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> have you you have you done theater in England? I did. I actually uh, had a dream come true. I worked at the Old Vic. Wow. Uh, that uh, Kevin Spacey was the. He might still be, maybe he's not. He was the director of this theater, the old Vic. And uh, it was a, a play called National Anthems with Kevin Spacey and um, Mary Stuart Masterson and myself. Wow. The and, three of you. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. Was it only the three of you? Yeah. So were you on stage the whole time? Yes. Oh. Uh. And, and that is one of was, my nightmares. Well, okay. It was worse than a cruise. It's up there. I, <laughs> my last podcast, I talked with Nate Cordry, who you, you know, and have worked with, but, um, we were talking, we started talking about live theater and how yeah. I have a fear. I've only done it like twice and how I have a fear of forgetting my lines. Yeah, but you're a performer. I mean, you do stand up all over the place. I know, but it's still like, it makes the actual, lead up to doing the play terrifying for me. Once I'm it, out there, I'm the pretty fine. That's right. But fuck leading up to it the weeks before it opens, even every night before I do Constipation. it. Constipation. I'm just like, yeah. what if I forget a line? And he talked about something that someone called going into the white room where you're, you're talking to someone and then you just, you're mentally God. somewhere else. Like you're going, oh shit, I didn't send in my... You know, my <laughs> electric right. bill. I didn't pay the That's electric right. bill. And then all of a sudden you're just like, where are we in the play? Oh, what man. Is oh, look, I, that's happened to me a bunch of times. I, I, I've done musicals. Or I forget my lyrics. Oof. And there's an orchestra. And there, there we go. You forget your steps and you're fucked. But you just keep going. I mean, that's <laughs> you go. You go and you go. And that's. Uh, Have you ever done it, gotten to a point where you got so off track that you had to like. Ask. Just go, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I don't think I ever did I that, but I did come close stuff. to fleeing the stage a couple of times <laughs> and had to really stop myself. Uh, uh, I did have at this at this play, at the old Vic, I had a, a colossal laughing fit uh, because backstage before the show, we made I made some, I don't know, some stupid reference or we were cracking jokes. And then we went on stage and then in the context of the scene, something reminded me of what we were talking about. No. And I started to go. 
and I could, and I had, to, and I was speaking a lot. It was it went on for about. Th- was this three a drama? Minutes. Oh, it was a drama. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm laughing, 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 and fucking Kevin Spacey, who's formidable, was looking at me, and he had a, a maybe about a, a quarter inch of amusement was visible on his face, and the rest was just he, you fuck, asshole, you asshole. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but it was great. And one time, oh, it's uh, terrifying. I was terrified. Look, it is terrifying, but it's the only thing that I can do that's at least different from yeah, yeah, you know, anything else. I mean, but it's really also requires- for me the anticipation of you know, you don't just do one night of a play. It's like months. Sometimes months. it's over a year. That's why I haven't done it a while because it, you have no. Uh, you have no life really. Except it's like eight after shows. The show. It's like eight, eight shows, shows a week. week. And, you, and you're done at around eleven, eleven thirty, and that's when you go. Rain out or shine. What if you have shine. the flu? You you go on stage. I mean, you just don't. Have you ever performed? I'm sick. I'm yeah. so obsessed with this kind of stuff. Yeah. You go, and it's called Doctor Footlights. You go on, oh, and yeah. shitting your pants, and then suddenly, hey, it's gay. You know, it's your your drive to be loved over overcomes your actual physiological state. How is uh, Kevin Spacey to work with? Great. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's mysterious, uh, no doubt, but he's... Did he direct, direct he didn't that direct, play as no, well? No, English director. And just being in England was great. I mean, I was a huge Anglophile. I still am. I mean, I, my ex-wife is English. We were married in England. And, uh, um, you know, I... How did you meet her? When I fight, I make fists with my pinkies out. <laughs> Uh, I met her at a, I met her at some uh, uh, Easter brunch out here in LA, um, but but being in England is superb. It's fantastic, but yeah. everybody drinks and smokes and drinks and smokes, and it's bleak. And the, the play was it was from November to February, and I was in heaven because I'm in England. Ugh. And somebody snapped a picture of me on the street around February, and I didn't see it until weeks later, <laughs> and I saw it. And I was fucking gray. Like my, my eyelids were yeah. red. And was, uh, my teeth were yellow. I was living in England. Yeah. You know, smoking and drinking, having a great time. And it's, <laughs> that's why they're so goddamn tough because yeah. they're, like, they're eroded by their own filthy habits. Uh, yeah. I love them, but don't anger them. I haven't been to England since I was 14. I went once when I was 14. My mom. Why don't we take a cruise there, you and me? I will not. This is what I wanted to say when we were talking about cruise ship. You just reminded me. There you go. Uh, John Paul Getty. Billionaire, Paul Getty? millionaire. The John one with Paul. his ear cut off? Yeah. Uh, was What did he make his money in? Oil or something? Oil. Yeah. Rich person back in like the 40s or yeah. 30s or 40s. Uh, he uh, had a fear of flying. He was yeah. afraid to fly. And so he... This is a story I've heard. He took... A ocean liner to England. He had to go to England to do business. Right. So he wouldn't fly. So he got on a boat to England and got so seasick, uh-huh. so sick that when he got to England, he bought a house and lived the rest of his life in England. <laughs> what a pussy. That's kind of amazing. I, I wish guess. I had that kind of money to be like, yeah, yeah I guess this is my new home. Would you be sitting here now if you had that kind of money? I don't Probably think so. not. Probably not. You wouldn't be here with the likes oh of us. God, right? what are we beneath you, all of us? Where would you live if you had a, a mil- millions of dollars and could live anywhere? Didn't need to like yeah. be in L.A. for work. Uh, well, my plan is to uh, when my kids go to college to get the hell out of here. And mm-hmm. uh, been here for thirty 
plus years. I like I like the idea of the Northeast. I like the idea of the the kind of mythical house on a bluff in Maine or something like that. Yeah. I'll probably if that would ever wherever to happen, I'd probably get drunk and you know shoot the beer cans and that'd be it. You know, just yeah. feel fucking alone. That'd be fun. You know? yeah, yeah, I'd like to go to the Pacific Northwest. I, you like that? Huh? I love it. I yeah. don't mind the rain. There's a place I, I want to go. I've never been, but the the San Juan Islands off Where the is coast it? of uh, oh Vancouver or something like that. Or, or yeah, uh, in like Puget Sound, all those islands. It is gorgeous. Um, that look amazing. I saw yeah. a movie that Lynn Shelton directed, wrote mm-hmm. and directed, and it took place on those islands mm. with Mark Duplass and Emily Blunt are in it, and it's just the scenery. I was like, I want to either go on a vacation there yeah. or just get cast in something that's shooting there or write something to shoot there. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's like living, really actually living in one of these places is similar to desperately wanting to meet some great hero. Uh, and it turns out that it it's not what it is. I mean, it, it, it's not what you hope it is. Uh, right. You have to make great effort to keep it that beautiful thing. It's true. Uh, or else but I did live in Oregon for a year and I loved it. In the, we're, we're in Oregon. Ashland. The, it's Southern Oregon, but yeah. every weekend my girlfriend. Theater Festival, Ashland Theater Festival, right? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Oregon Shakespeare Oregon Festival. Oregon Shakespeare Festival, okay. But, but Ashland, almost yeah. every weekend my girlfriend and I would drive through the mountains to the co- the Oregon coast and Beautiful. hang out. And, yeah, it's, it's a pretty nice place. But I realize now I need people. I need to be, like, I, I would, ideally I would like to get a bunch of people and live in a compound or something like that. You That's know. what social networking's for. Ugh, no. That doesn't work. The compound of your <laughs> your Instagram friends. virtual compound. Yeah, no, no. That could be the next social networking virtual, virtual compound. Compound. Virtual compound. You have you make a little community of your friends and uh, isn't that LinkedIn? Isn't that about. what LinkedIn is? Fuck LinkedIn, dude. I still <laughs> LinkedIn. Something happened recently. I've been getting like a lot more LinkedIn emails. Yeah. Are you on LinkedIn? Are you one of those people? I don't even. Well, I, I I get mail, but I don't I don't look at it. Once in a while, I will do I will look at it and see that oh there is somebody there. But, but it's I, always I, you know like your friend so and so wants to connect yeah. with you on LinkedIn. I'm like he's an actor. LinkedIn's for like business people and stuff. Because everybody's desperate to to work. I mean, it, it, people are terrified of living and dying anonymously. You know, we need to be. We want a seen. legacy. We need we to want... something. Some please see us. Maybe maybe it's important to be seen, but. Uh, before that, what did people do? They just had to content themselves with their family, I suppose. <laughs> I feel like I've got enough under my belt that I can die. <laughs> I kind of hope you do die. And I mean that in the best way. You know, well, I want you to die. There's a book I've been trying to find. It's out of print. It's called Or Not To Be, A uh-huh. Collection of Suicide Notes. Oh. It is amazing. I, a friend of mine had it years ago, and I've been trying to track it down, but it's... It is a collection of suicide notes. Sounds great. And it's fascinating. Some of them are really funny. Yep. Like some of them are like a guy writes a suicide note to his dog Hmm. or really humorous. But it's also Don't eat my corpse, Rusty. It's also got, you know, like celebrity uh, celebrity suicide notes. Those are always good. It's really fucking fascinating. Yeah, I went through my death phase years ago and I really embraced it and read a couple of great books. There's one called The... um, 
The American Way of Life Revisited. Uh, the American Way of Death Revisited by Jessica Midford. Wow. And it's it's all about the funeral industry. And I thought it was fascinating and what a ripoff it was. And 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 then I read about, you know, what happens to bodies when they die. And this was all yeah. in a period of my life where people yeah. were dying a lot. And then I and then it fucked me up. I, it was too much. I couldn't do it. I couldn't be uh, like uh, the girl from Beetlejuice. I couldn't be known a writer. A goth. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, couldn't be a goth, goth chick. I was I was obsessed it. with death and obsessed in a bad way, like afraid of it. And, yeah. you know, when I was young and afraid of when I realized, oh, my parents are going to die someday. Yeah. And, and then living through my 20s, you know, if my phone would ring in the middle of the night, if I saw their name on the caller ID, I would be like, oh, my God, one of my parents is. Yeah. And I, I went through this fear for, you know, years and years. And then it's weird when it finally happens, like when my dad got sick and finally died. And I spent, you know, months sitting with him as he was dying. Afterwards, I actually felt a lot more at rest with the fact that this is going to happen to all of us. Mm. And um, it's really hard to explain, but I, I. I'm not as afraid as I was before, you know, losing. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of two things that <laughs> happens to people. Yeah. We, we figured by now we shouldn't be so shit scared of it or still constantly mythologizing it or, yeah. or, or making it into something it's not, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, I've had to be, I, I tell you, I, I, in the last, several years i've adopted a i guess a spiritual approach to mm -hmm. my life which is not which is by no means religious or dogmatic but just something that helps me process my mortality yeah um, and uh, which i just i don't want to do it I, I used to love christopher hitchens i, I loved listening to christopher hitchens on the uh, you know on youtube and sam harris and these very kind of uh, articulate atheists and uh, that was like another phase I went through, and then I thought, I, I, I can't, I, I can't do it. I need. I'm not strong enough to, to yeah. do that by myself. I need something to hang. To well, after yeah, after my dad died, I I started meditating because yeah. I got really depressed, and the meditation was it's great, eye opening. For yeah, me. it's eye opening. Um, I love how you, long Steve has this Agent. been, Nolan? Have we gone an hour? Yeah. Everybody's gone. An hour and twenty. Holy shit, Stephen. We've hardly. Talked um, about my career. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Talked you about back. Farting, um, do you have anything to plug? You have any <laughs> shows coming up, or I'm uh, I'm recurring on Thirteen Reasons Why, the second season. Mm -hmm. Very controversial. Uh, <laughs> I'm um, I'm uh, oh I, I did a uh, this was a dream. I did a uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. That's when the, for that's the new season. For the new season. Fuck you. Oh, oh fuck I'm you, so Guardians of the Galaxy, motherfucker. Well, fuck you. Right, you're going to last forever. I've auditioned for Curb a number of times yeah. and never gotten it. Well, I it's, did. Okay. I did a movie with, I did his, the movie that he wrote and directed called Sour Grapes with me and Craig Bierko, which was fucking oh, yeah. hilarious. I love Of course, Craig. nobody liked it because it, in comparison to Seinfeld and it was... Nobody liked it. It's you really played cousins, funny. right? Played cousins. Yeah. yeah, it's a very simple yeah. premise. But Larry directed it, and um, so look. I, so in other words, I didn't have to audition for the. That's why. Nice. Who I knew. Craig Bierko, by the way, was also oh. briefly part of the sad, sad conversation. Another genius. Another kind of bizarre, broken he genius. Is fantastic, oh, fantastic in Cinderella Man. 
Oh, where he plays Max Bear. He plays Max Bear, an actual boxer yeah. who fights uh, he, Russell Crowe. He um, had a great idea and actually shot this. He was going to do a web series. Interviewing w- people in the bathtub. Yeah, called Bathing with Bierko. Yeah. And he actually a, shot some. With, he did one with John Malkovich. Where I they're sitting like, in a tub. Yes. And they are naked. John Malkovich is sitting between his legs and he's washing John Malkovich. W- really washing him tenderly and thoroughly. And they're talking. Is this on YouTube? Yeah, that, I, it's got to be on YouTube. I Bathing think he with did one with Carrie Fisher, too. Really? I, I think so. <laughs> uh, he's a, an unsung genius. I mean, yeah. he really is. He's a guy that should have... Oh, wait. And I know maybe we have to go, but remember we did... Uh, also, we did the great Matt Oswald, Patton's brother. Oh, shit. Uh, Puddin. He, he, well, he did, a, he did a web series called Puddin uh, with Eddie... Um, Eddie Pepitone. Yeah, Eddie Pepitone. And it is the darkest, most twisted thing. But then uh, Matt did a... Only a few episodes of this thing called the 4 a.m. show or something like that. That's right. Where he hosted a talk show from his bed. From his bedroom. In his apartment. In his shitty apartment in Hollywood. And I was his sidekick. And he was his sidekick. Standing beside his bed. And we didn't shoot it at 4 a.m., but the whole thing took place at 4 a.m. And it felt like 4 a.m. And the guests would be in bed with him. And he would be... I mean, you could just smell it. You like, were a guest. Smelled. Amy Mann was Amy a guest. Amy Mann was a guest. Alyssa Milano was a guest. You know, and he was... A, <laughs> it was hilariously funny. Matt's a really funny dude. He's very funny. Really talented writer. I hope he's moved out of that, that hole. I think he still lives there. Oh, I, I hope he's listening to this. He's got to get out. Everybody's listening to this. Really? Uh, on social networking, your uh, Instagram, your Wumpy Inc. Well, yes, but it was a private Instagram until I accidentally gave it to somebody, so... Forget that's that. not you posting on there. It's me, but I don't. It's family stuff. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. It's your, but it's, on the, on uh, Twitter, it's uh, the Stephen Weber with a V. With a V. And I think one, one B. of these flyers I posted your name with a PH. For some reason, I PH thought PH and two Bs. Yeah, you did a lot of thorough research. This is great. Well, no, someone. That's Nolan. That's Mister uh, Wings. My and fan. Wings. Thanks. Biggest fan. Big fan. W e b b e r. Uh, never meet your heroes and never meet your fans. <laughs> Dude, thanks for... I'm so glad you drove out here. I'm sorry you got uh, traffic. Back to Venice. Back to Venice. Back Ray. to Venice. Uh, Stephen Weber, everybody. That's Thank you so for nice. coming. Listen to that. They love you. One, two, three, four. Nine of the bravest, most wonderful people. Who are you all? Is it over? Yeah. It is? That was, it. That was like an hour and a half. I know. I could have gone another half hour.